You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, also the host of On The Fly, the Pelicans Twitch show that we launched the other day. Here with you all on this Wednesday, going to recap a pretty rough loss for your New Orleans Pelicans against the Dallas Mavericks, 118-97. to There were some good things in this game for New Orleans, but there was a lot bad. It wasn't the offense, it was mainly the defense. And a couple of other things as well. We'll take a deeper dive into Lonzo Ball in this show as well. Talk about his role and is he actively hurting the team. We also got an update a little bit more specifically on Zion Williamson, where he's at in his recovery from the meniscus surgery. So let's cover all of that and more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So it was an ugly loss for New Orleans as they dropped the game against the Dallas Mavericks at home, letting Dallas win two at home now. 118-97, we will take a deep look at this game because there was a lot, and a lot of bad, and there's no real way to sugarcoat it, nor do I think it should be sugarcoated. But there's also some things that I don't necessarily see as a problem that I know people are going to disagree with me on, and that's okay. But I want to explain where I'm coming from in the way I see things in this one. So by the numbers, Drew Holiday, 18 points on the night, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 8 of 18 shooting from the field, 0 for 3 from deep, just 2 of 6 the free throw line. That was a little rough. Brandon Ingram, 16 shots on the night, making 8 of them 24 points six assists five rebounds but he didn't feel nearly impactful as he should have been or nearly as aggressive as he should have been and that's a theme that went through the entire night for new orleans in this one jackson hayes getting the start at center nine points on the night eight rebounds for him four or five he was okay out there at times not doing the best he picked up four fouls in this one but overall continues to grow shows some pretty good defense and does just enough on offense to show you that he's growing and he should remain in this role. J.J. Redick on the night, a tough shooting night, as was the case for the entirety of New Orleans. He was 2 of 8 from 3, 5 of 15 from the field overall. The Pelicans shot just 11 for 41 from 3-point range in this game. You're not going to win very many games if that's the case. J.J. Redick, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 12 points. Lonzo Ball, who we are going to spend probably the next segment or two on, um, or get to at some point in this show, Rough night for him, 2 of 12 from the field, 2 of 10 from deep. Six rebounds, three assists, six points on the night. Ten three-pointers he took is probably a little too high for him. But overall, I actually don't hate that he's taking these three-pointers. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me. But we're going to spend, and I'm not saying I like that he's doing it, but I don't hate some of it, the majority of it. And we'll take a look at that coming up in maybe the next segment or the third segment of the show today. Josh Hart coming off the bench, 26 minutes, 4 of 8 from the field, 3 of 6 from deep, 11 points on the night. He also had six rebounds. He just does a lot of the stuff Kenrich Williams does. Also, if you want to get to know him off the court, by the way, I should plug on the fly available on the Pelicans Twitch channel, twitch.com slash Pelicans NBA. I'm the co-host of the show alongside guest Cat and Gill of ESPN Radio. We had Josh Hart on there talking 
everything but basketball. If you want to know a little bit more about how to play it cool, if you miss, uh, if your teammate misses you for a high five or leaves you hanging, Josh has got some tips on that. Or if you need a good loadout for the new Call of Duty game, he's got a pretty good one in there. Nicolo Melli off the bench continues to struggle and just doesn't give you much of anything right now. Just seven points for him. He was three of seven from the field, one of four from deep. Did grab eight rebounds, though, and did seem to be a little bit more active down low. But he's scared to shoot. Sometimes his shots are pretty bad, and he has not been playing well. And if this team was healthy, if you had Derek Favors with the team, who should be healthy, I think, and is more just a way due to personal reasons, or Kenrich Williams out there, or Zion. On Williamson, maybe you don't see as many minutes for Nicolo Melli right now. Frank Jackson in this one, 12 minutes of action. He had a rough night overall, too. 0 for 3 from the field. Zero points on the night. Two turnovers, one assist, one rebound. That's not good. Had a rough stretch out there, too, where he missed the shot down low and turned the ball over and gave up some transition points with some not great defense there. You saw Nikhil Alexander-Walker get in the game to try and give the team a spark. His shooting wasn't there either. Three of nine from the field, just one of four from deep. Seven points, but it was nice to see him back on the court. Each one more day after we talk about how good you've been, and he has been pretty good recently. One of one from the field, so shooting 100% in this game, right? Three points in just seven minutes of action. He didn't do a whole ton of anything. So there it is by the numbers. Luka Doncic, by the way, was getting his in this one. He is something special. 33 points on the night, 18 rebounds. That's a career high for him. Five assists. He was 9 of 18 from the field, 5 of 12 from deep. And he got to the line 13 times, making 10 of them. He got to the line 13 times by himself. The Pelicans got to the line as a team 15 times. You're going to look at that, and we saw just big disparity against the Oklahoma City Thunder too. It doesn't tell you the story. Don't just point to the stats. The Dallas Mavericks got to the line 27 times compared to the Pelicans just 15 times. There is a reason why it ties into Lonzo Ball, but it also ties into the rest of the team a little bit. And maybe this is as good of any to transition into what that is uh, before we talk about the defense from this team and what we saw in this game against the Dallas Mavericks. But let's look at, let's look at the offense, the shooting, Lonzo Ball's role in this, the lack of free throws, and what the hell is going on there at times. So we will touch on that coming up in the next segment here. Before I do that, though, today's show brought to you by Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. And if you're listening on the go, if you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. So let's talk about the offense, Lonzo Ball, the three-point shooting, the lack of uh, getting to the foul line, and all of that, because I see a lot of complaining on it on Twitter. I have people in my mentions about it is I, I don't have a problem with the offense. I really don't. They've been good in most of the games that they've played. Yes, they live and die by the three a little bit, but it's not like I'm worried about their three-point shooting in general. In fact, I've said on the podcast, I absolutely t trust the team's three-point shooting. Going into last night's game, they shoot 38.3% from deep. That's fourth best. That's over a quarter of the season. I, I think that's a pretty good number to see and the fact that they've done it consistently. And they want to bomb away, and they want to bomb away early on in the shot clock. 
You can complain about some guys shooting threes, and we're about to in Lonzo Ball. But for the most part, if there's 18 seconds left on the shot clock and Drew Holiday's taking a three or Reddick's taking a three or Ingram's taking a three or each one Moore's taking a three, and I can list some other guys too, it's fine. That's by design. That early offense, early shot clock usage is part of the pace. It's not just sprinting out in transition. It's making, uh, it taking a ton of shots, and they do that. Because it means you're going to get another possession sooner then, and you're going to pack more possessions into the game. And they do that by shooting open threes when they're there, knowing that if they miss that one, well, we shoot a pretty high percentage, so we'll get the ball back, and we'll take another one. And if we make that, then it all works out. Now, there's an issue with that because it does mean you don't get to the foul line a lot. So when you see this discrepancy, and if you point it out without the context, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. The Pelicans in this game didn't do anything that they should have gotten to the foul line on. 15 attempts, that's about right. Drew Holiday, when he drives and attacks, shields his body, and I can show you a really good example from the first quarter in this game, where he does that so that he doesn't get hit, and that's why he's able to finish around the rim so well, that he uses his body to create some separation in space when there otherwise would be none. He doesn't get fouled because of that. It's not that the refs don't like him. Luca goes into contact. Anthony Davis used to go into contact. Brandon Ingram goes into contact enough. He went to the line seven times. But no one else on the team does because they're not aggressive, they're not attacking, and they're not getting to, towards the rim, so they aren't going to get fouled. When you have guys like Lonzo Ball taking 10 threes, J.J. Redick taking eight threes, Josh Hart taking six threes, Nicolo Melli taking four threes, and of your 94 shots, 41 of them are threes, yeah, you're probably not going to get fouled a ton. Now you have Dallas who took 88 shots and 45 threes and they went to the line much more, but they're also showing some shot attempts in there that aren't counting because they got fouled and went to the line. And there's a big difference there. You can kind of point to the points in the paint. Dallas only had 34 because if they weren't getting fouled, they would have been scoring in the paint and it would have added up to a significantly higher number. So that's kind of what's going on with this team. I don't hate, though, that they're taking those early threes because you're going to be taking more than the opponent or you're going to be generating so many possessions that you're able to do that, and it's okay, particularly when you don't have guys that attack. We want guys like Lonzo to drive and attack and try and score at the rim. Etwan Moore has been aggressive. We want to see Frank Jackson do it more, uh, uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker do it more. But none of those guys are particularly good at it. So maybe it is better if they're going and shooting these open threes. If Lonzo drives and attacks and doesn't get a foul call and just misses the layup, that's worse than him taking an open three. I'd rather him take that open three, that catch and shoot three. So I don't necessarily have a huge problem with what the Pelicans are doing offensively. That hasn't been the problem this season. Are we forgetting how poorly the defense is played? That's the issue here. Why are we looking at this offense and being like, what the hell is going on there? They're fine. They're fine. Yes, would we like some more aggression? Certainly. Do we want Lonzo Ball taking eight threes? No, but is it okay if he takes five or six? 100% when he's going to be shooting 36% from there. I don't have an issue with what it's doing. But it does hurt the team at times, and you still need to kind of get some of that aggression going, particularly if you're not having a good shooting night. When this Pelicans team goes 11 for 41 from the field, 26.8%, yeah, you got to try and score other ways. You can try and shoot yourself out of it, and some guys can. 
I don't necessarily trust some of these guys to do it. And also sometimes you just have an off night shooting and it's kind of as simple as that. And that was a bit of this one. I don't see an issue with the offense from them in this one. They just miss some shots. It's okay. It happens. It happens to every team other than maybe the Golden State Warriors at times. Now, they weren't particularly pretty in this one because they missed so much and you would have liked some more aggression, but that hasn't been the problem all season. This is a bit of an aberration game, a bit of an outlier compared to some of the other things we've seen. So overall, that hasn't been a problem and it's not been the issue, even the early ones in the shot clock. But it's at times when it's like, okay, Lonzo, you need to cut this out. And Christian Clark of NOLA.com, the advocate times Picayune, pointed this out on Twitter. He says, Lonzo has attempted 88 three-pointers this season. He's attempted 28 shots from five feet and in. That ratio's off, and there needs to be a bit, and there's a bit of an issue in all of this. So overall, you need to have a little bit more balance from some of these guys than what you're getting. But overall, the team's a good three-point shooting team. Let them take threes. They make them. They make them at the fourth highest rate in the league going into last night's game. Don't have a problem with it. You're not going to win games unless you get stops. And that's what's been the hugest issue with this team. Not getting any stops on defense. And let's talk about that coming up here in just a moment. Now, before we get to that, make sure you follow the Pelicans Twitch channel because I am on there officially for the team hosting On The Fly, which is our live and interactive Pelicans Twitch show. Go to twitch.com slash pelicansnba. That's twitch.com slash pelicansnba. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're on there taking your questions, talking about all the things you want to discuss and able to do it live and in the moment. So make sure you follow so you get a notification when the show goes live again. We don't have a... Uh, second date yet but it was a lot of fun and we're going to be doing more of these so make sure again you check out the pelicans twitch page twitch.com slash pelicans nba so we've talked about the offense and the three-point shooting of lonzo ball and overall like i said it's not great and you'd like some more balance with it all, but I don't think it's a huge issue that's tanking this team. You need to get more from him, certainly, and more balance would be better, but this team has been good offensively, or at least good enough offensively all year long. It's the defense that's been the problem, and it was the defense in this game that really completely tanked them. They were bad on that side of the ball, particularly around the middle of the second quarter on. New Orleans did a good job containing the Dallas Mavericks for the most part in the first uh, first quarter. They forced a ton of turnovers on that Luka Porzingis pick and roll, and Porzingis was rendered basically ineffectual all night long. He was not good in this game whatsoever and was essentially a non-factor. He was 2 of 11 from the field for 7 points and a minus 13 on the night. No other starter was even close to that minus number that he was in. And it was just containing other guys and getting stops and playing disciplined defense, which you just have not seen from this team whatsoever. Luka Doncic, again, 33 points on the night, 18 rebounds, and was able to do just what he wanted, get the shots that he wanted, take them and make them. But you also saw a number of other three-pointers taken by guys on this Dallas Mavericks team that shouldn't be shooting threes and shouldn't be making threes, but because they were so wide open, well, they're going to go and do just that. And that was a bit of a problem. After any sort of initial action by Houston, or not Houston, Dallas, and movement by them, the Pelicans did not know what to do in this game whatsoever. 
The defense was atrocious after any sort of movement offensively from the second quarter on. They didn't force turnovers anymore and allowed Dallas to either get good looks inside because no one was paying attention for backdoor cuts or rotating where they needed to be or allowing open three-pointers because the rotations were really bad and for whatever reason, the Pelicans were dropping four into the paint to cover one guy. At one point, Dwight Powell, the immortal Dwight Powell in this game, who, by the way, put up six total points as a center, played with his back to the basket in a post-up game at the free throw line. The Pelicans double teamed him there. Why do two guys need to be on him at that point? Dwight Powell in this game did go three for three from the field, but he did that in 26 minutes. It's not like he was ripping shots and burning the team. They just decided to double team him. And I forget who it was. And he kicks it out and there's a dude wide open on the perimeter for three because the Pelicans are doubling in this situation for some reason. Look at how many times Luka or almost anyone else on this Dallas Mavericks team drove into the paint and how many guys collapsed on him. Weak side help collapsed, strong side help collapsed, and a guy on the perimeter collapsed, along with the original defender trying to recover. You don't need four guys doing it because if that guy can just make a simple pass after he's attacked, it's gonna he's going to find someone open. And if you do manage to recover and get a good closeout on the perimeter... Well, then it's just another pass away from finding another wide open man. And you saw this continually on the night. The defense was atrocious. There's no other way to put it. It was horrible. Wide open three-point shot after wide open three-point shot. Because the Pelicans players don't know where they need to be and they don't know what to do. It seems unorganized, undisciplined, and like they haven't been coached on defense. So this is on the shoulder of the players and the coaches. I really hate the, is it the player's fault or is it the coach's fault? Who's to blame? And you see writers and media going after certain people and you see the the fans blaming it on the coaches, the, the media blaming the players. It's everyone's fucking fault. Simple as that. I don't care for the blame game. Everyone's wrong in this. Everyone, the players, the coaches, everything. It's not been good. There's no other way to put it. There was no discipline on defense. They looked like it was five guys who had never played each other before. It didn't look like there was a scheme, a plan, or anything whatsoever. It was bad. It was good for the first quarter. They limited Dallas to 24 points, but they exploded then for 35 in the second quarter, 25 in the third, and 34 in the fourth. You weren't getting stops in this game. And if you had done that, things might have gone differently, and maybe you don't win or it's a little bit close. But it was the defense that was the problem in this Dallas Mavericks game. I have no idea why we are not talking about that. And people want to focus on too many three-point shots. Open three-point shots for a very good three-point shooting team, mind you. It's the defense that's been killing them all season long. Yes, in the two games against the Oklahoma City Thunder, they struggled to score offensively down the stretch. But even in other crunch time situations, that wasn't the problem. It was they couldn't get stops. So their offense could be good, but the other offense, the opponent's offense, is going to be perfect because you're not playing any damn defense. And that's the issue that you're seeing from this team. Still the defense. This team would win a lot of games if you got the defense to be in even middle of the road, 15th. But watch them. God, there's one play. I'll see if I can find a video of it and put it up tomorrow or at some point where the entire defense just goes in a line. It's a straight line across like a diagonal line, like 45 degrees from the basket, basically, where you have a guy open in the corner along the baseline who just shoots a wide open three and no one's around him. And that happened too often in this game. 
because they collapsed the paint or then they didn't even get really, you know, to stop the paint and they had to foul. It was just horrible, horrible defense. I've not had issues with the offense all year. I've had tons of issues with the defense. That's a story in this one. They need to figure that side of the ball out. Otherwise, you're not going to win very, very many games. It was disappointing to see. Again, it's on the players. It's on the coaches. It's on everyone. Can you make some improvements on offense? Certainly. But I'm not really worried about the three-point shooting regressing and getting worse because I actually think they're good in that. You also haven't really seen what this offense might be able to do when Zion finally gets back in and is able to work down low. Or Derek Favors uh, gets back and kind of gets comfortable and can do some post work. Or even Jackson Hayes, who's been pretty good down low too, but at times is struggling a little bit on defense, so he's really improved there. And is not able to stay out on the court as long as you'd like him to be because of that. The offense is fine. It's the defense, and we need to keep that in mind because that's 100% where they really need to improve more so than anything else. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget, check out the Pelicans Twitch channel, twitch.com slash pelicansnba. We'll have another episode of On the Fly coming up very soon for you, and you're not going to want to miss it. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 